Beloved Church of God, beginning our service before the Lord, let us stand and affirm the promise that relates to the door of our hope. Let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for this once again privilege to be in this place that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name. And so allow your inheritance in the name of the blood of the covenant to be lifted to heights higher than us and to break all burden and sin that binds us. May in the service be cursed as before all the works of devil, illnesses, poverty, premature death, demonic dependencies, all forms of fears, depression, destruction, ignorance, selfishness. All of this let it depart from the tents of your holy people and stand, Lord, on the place of your rest, you and the ark of your might. And may your saints be clothed in your salvation. May they rejoice before your countenance. Give us more from your Spirit and fill us with your Holy Spirit. Allow us to find your holy countenance. We thank you that this service is presented by Apostle Arkadi into your divine arms. And we ask you to continue to lead it with your high and uplifted hand. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. May you be blessed. Please be seated. The Place of Holy Scriptures, the Letter of Apostle Paul to Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 22 through 24. That you put off, concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. We are continuing to be immersed and to surround the word which the Lord has poured out in the heart of his messenger, in the heart of the apostle, brother Arkadi, our pastor, And we are blessed, dear friends. Scripture says, Blessed is he who reads and listens. We are continuing to hear this word, to be immersed into it. And through immersion in this word, through our dwelling in this word, we in this manner testify before God that we are partakers partakers of this wonderful order of God. And it is written that blessed are those who not only hear this word, but also those that fulfill it, for the time is near. If this was written about 2,000 years or so ago, then today, and trembling, we repeat these words and we say that the time is truly very close. And if we take in the ocean of eternity and a small drop of 2,000 years, we can see that this is very little, very little time. And we are found today in a kind of time in which the time is very close and very near. Yeah. 
We are continuing to look at three verbs in this revelation. This is to set aside, to renew, and to clothe. We, of course, are going to be immersed in the meaning of the third verb, but we must always remember before ourselves in our memory as a sign that the fact that if we do not set aside the former way of life of the old man, then further we won't and will be incapable of moving further. To set aside is firstly to clearly understand what this former way of life is, distinguish it, to despise it, reject it, to curse it, this former way of life, through the proclamation of our lips, and to sign a legal document. I reject the former way of life, or the vain life of my forefathers. I reject this former way of life. And in this manner, to us is open the opportunity to stop on the next step, or to make the next step. This is to be renewed, to renew our thinking with the spirit of our mind. With the spirit of God, which is found in our spirit, which gives us by the right or through the right of our birth from God. And of course, this is labor that is involved to renew our thinking. In this action, we use all of our perseverance. We are immersed. We dig in this word. We look into this word. We study it. We are taught to fulfill this word. We are taught to pay the price that has been appointed by God for this word. And of course, in all of this, God fulfills His role. By fulfilling His role, God gives us His revelation through His order and tells us how to do this, how to fulfill this. And we are immersed in baptiz through baptism in the death of the Lord Jesus so that we can rise now in a new way of life, in the new understanding of the Word of God. This is called the renewed mind. And as Pastor brought forward to us different examples, this is an image of King Nebuchadnezzar. There is also an image of this mind, which God said, remove, take away your mind, and stop relying on your mind. Otherwise, there's going to be something catastrophic that happens. Stop interpreting the Word of God with your own mind. And Nebuchadnezzar, you know, did not understand this. The prophet Daniel told him what to do, how to behave, but he didn't take this in. And when he thought, you know, I can do these things, is this not Babylon which I have built, he said. The Lord gave me this might, he said. The Lord gave me this power and wisdom, and I, but I had built this Babylon. And in that hour, he was transformed. Or rather, God deprived him of his mind, totally deprived him, and he became an animal. 
and the fullness of time had passed until he knew that there is the one who reigns over the kings of the earth there is the almighty in whose hands is the universe and when he had acknowledged this his mind was renewed and then we see the revelation of God and so I proclaim there is none greater than God than the God of heavens the God of Daniel what's astonishing is that God loved when the God of heavens was called the God of Moses the God of Jacob the God of Abraham Isaac Jacob the God of Daniel in this case and of course when we stop relying on our mind and when we tremble before God our mind is renewed and we are able to move forward and to make the next step which is called or known as being clothed into the new man or to be clothed in a new way of life to be clothed in the righteousness of God so that this righteousness well we can't be clothed in righteousness that will come from somewhere above we have the opportunity to be clothed in this righteousness only when we grow it in ourselves it's like a seed the seed of justification it's going to be as the truth that is sown in us we are going to grow it and then we will be able to declare together with the prophet Isaiah and greatly rejoice in the Lord as it is written in the book of Isaiah chapter 61 verse 10 I will greatly rejoice in the Lord my soul shall be joyful in my God for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation he has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels for as the earth brings forth its bud as the garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations so when it is said that Abraham gave birth to Isaac Isaac gave birth to Jacob Jacob gave birth to twelve sons we understand that it wasn't Jacob that gave birth but Jacob gave the seed and God will demonstrate his glory and righteousness before all the people but this glory and righteousness so we ought to grow in our spirit and of course abiding and dwelling in this process the Lord always explains to us and provides a definition of the truth the purpose of this truth and the price that we are called to pay for the right to have this truth we have already covered six different components of this price for the right to be clothed in the robe of righteousness we have stopped to study the seventh price in order to fulfill the justice of God seventh is to be clothed in redemption that is yielded in the observance of the Pesach of the Lord according to the statute established by God each detail of the annual celebration of Pesach pointed to the legal right to exit out of Egypt which symbolizes the right to be freed from the vain life and to be found in the promised land which symbolizes the right to final deliverance from slavery to sin and death in the body and in the future final deliverance from the perishable body itself and from the mortal soul which thanks to the worthy partaking of 
the Pesach lamb will be clothed into imperishability and immortality, and we will be raptured upon the morning star that has risen in the heaven of our spirit. And we, of course, partake in this. But for these treasures, these treasures which we have heard about on many occasions, for the treasures of this Pesach feast to become a reality in our life, Scripture imputed to us the necessity to fulfill ten conditions that are written about in the twelfth chapter of the book of Exodus. We have already looked at nine conditions and have turned to the final tenth condition, and this is how it sounds, and thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. So you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Exodus chapter 12, verse 11. The word haste, aside from its literal meaning, to which is a very important as well, which means to hurry, to not be late. In Hebrew, it also contains the following definitions or shades. To take upon ourselves the yoke, to endure suffering, to be clothed in the mantle of a disciple, to be clothed in the armor of light, to renew our thinking, to ponder upon the law of the Most High, to be clothed in the garments of righteousness, and to stand guard in order to not distort the Word of God. And we are continuing to look at the shades of these meanings which the Lord has uncovered for us through the word of our pastor, His Messenger. Here we have the following meaning, to desire and to find joy. To partake of the Pesach of the Lord in haste means to desire and to find joy in eating the Pesach in the subject of hearing the word of God about the kingdom of heaven. As it is written in Matthew 5, 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. So a person must have a certain desire before God because only he who thirsts and desires will be filled by God. And Jesus had said, whoever desires, come to me and drink. Sometimes people, they try to turn the faith of those who do not desire. A person who desires differs from the one that does not. Jesus had called to himself those that desire. In the modern world, people go to church, and this is acceptable to them. And one person from our church had told me the following, Dima, you know, I was thinking, and he says, even if I don't listen in church, the word there, attentively, if I don't look into it, I still consider that this is good. Uh, an example of a good tone to dress nicely because when we're at work we're in dirty clothes we're at home in sports clothes we run around in shorts to dress nicely once a week to remember that you're a person that i'm a person and i listened to this guy and i was horrified inside but i was quiet uh, this person has not been near us not been near us for a long time but these people they come up they are those they're passerbys but they fill prayer homes. They go to church thinking that this is the a symbol of, of, of a good act. Of course, everything is changing these days, and it's not as prestigious to be a Christian, just like it was in the very beginning. They were persecuted, 
killed, thrown to the lions. All of the burdens of this world was blamed on the Christians, that they were at fault, that they had burned this, or they was this happened because of this. And this, and then it became very popular to be Christian, and people then um, turned to this, especially since those times when the Emperor Constantine, he turned to Christianity, and they began to look at Christianity closely at that time. And there were many believers of that time, and this for them was very prestigious. But these people lacked desire. And, and Jesus says, if you ha do not have desire, do not come to me. He who desires, come to me and drink. Those who call themselves believers, but who lack the desire and thirst for righteousness, which yields justice expressed in fulfilling the judgments of God, are those people who lack the element of haste upon ob observing Pesach. So they violate the the statute of Pesach. The desire, desire to collaborate with God's justice is a kind of property that clothes a person into the wisdom of God. And through this property, he can judge of God and his works to provide a correct appraisal for them. And God desired for this. He wanted people to, to be astonished by the work of his hands, to fear God, to have joy in the glory of Jerusalem to provide the correct appraisal for that which God does. But we must test ourselves, understanding that there is a price, and to verify ourselves. Because when a person who truly desires and thirsts for this truth, for the righteousness of God, then God is going to fill him. And the result of this fulfillment, there are going to be certain manifestations that will come up, which we will read about. The result of partaking of the Pesach lamb with haste, expressed in the desire of our heart to hear the word of God with the intention and readiness to immediately fulfill it, will be expressed in a kind of search for communication with God in our heart in which we previously had seen Him in the sanctuary. Psalm 63, verses 1-4 through O oh God, You are my God. Early will I seek You. My soul thirsts for You. My flesh longs for You in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for You in the sanctuary to see Your power and Your glory because Your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise You. Thus, I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. So this person saw God in the sanctuary. To see God in the sanctuary, it is necessary to be brought up to the high mountain, which is Mount Zion, which is the height of beauty. And there is God Zion, which is the height of beauty, is God. And Pastor adds here that we are called to see the glory of God in the sanctuary of His body, which is His church. And this glory is represented by His chosen remnants. And for this purpose, it is necessary to have a partaking to be placed on this Mount Zion, to be elevated to this Mount Zion. And only in this manner can we have a partaking 
to the body of the Lord through the knowledge of the truth that yields the mystery of Jerusalem on high. It is a mystery. There is a mystery of lawlessness and a mystery of godliness. In order to see the mystery of godliness, it is necessary to be elevated to Zion or to become a partaker of the body of Christ. There is no other way to see this glory. It is impossible to understand it any other way. From the position of Zion, we can see that which is precious in the eyes of God, that which He views as beautiful, elevated, great, and mighty. From any other position or place, we cannot see this beauty and this greatness of God. So it's with the eyes of God that we must look upon these things. Of course, when we look upon them with the eyes of man, we are going to see that there is a lot missing. God says, I do not see the enmity in Israel. Lord, how? People are uh, in battles with one another. They are resistant. They perform witchcraft. But God says, but God looks at a specific way. He says, I don't see. I don't see this. And he begins to show us. And before we see this beauty of Jerusalem in ourselves, in the same manner so that we can be transformed into this image we are called to see this beauty first and let's read revelation chapter 21 verses 10 through 27 and he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city the holy jerusalem descending out of heaven from god having the glory of god her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Also, she had a great and high wall with twelve gates, and twelve angels at the gates, and names written on them, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. All of this is very beautiful. This is the height of the beauty in the eyes of God. God is astonished and awed by this beauty and stunned by it. And for us to become partakers, we also must see it, and we also must be astonished and say, truly, what beauty this is. The walls had twelve foundations upon them, the names of the twelve of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. The city was laid out as a square, its length is as great as its breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, twelve thousand furlongs, its length, breadth, and height are equal. The wall was of jasper, and the city was pure gold like clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones, and there was a list of each of the twelve precious stones that we know of. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Each individual gate was of one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. But I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light, and the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut at all by the day, there shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it, and there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. 
pastor provided six main details which he had paid or focused our attention to which the holy spirit paid attention to and we will read about these six important details of the city of course there's a lot more details here the first thing that john saw when he was lifted up in the spirit to this great mountain this is the great city of the holy jerusalem that came from heaven from god Practically on one end, this is a state of a good heart with Jerusalem on high. In order to see and in order to have the opportunity to build ourselves and to demonstrate the beauty of the city in ourselves and to become this city of which Jesus said, this city standing on a hill cannot be hidden, is possible only through partaking to this Jerusalem to become one with it. On the other end, this is the image of the second coming of Christ, dwelling in the good heart of a person in which Christ returns to the earth for his chosen remnant. This descension of heaven to the earth is going to be simultaneously two great uh, moments judgment over the beast and the beginning of the thousand-year reign but those who are called to partake in the, to this event they are called to be rooted in our hearts today which in our good heart demonstrate the inheritance of our trust in God we must once and for all clarify that we are going to be partakers of only those events which we have grown in our heart out of the seed of the word we have heard about the kingdom of heaven into the fruit of the kingdom of heaven for this we have time and for this we are called to hurry to hasten in order to grow this fruit we accept the kingdom of heaven in the format of a seed and we grow it if a person does not have the fruit in his heart in the dignity of a morning star, he will not be able to love the coming of Christ for his chosen one and to have desire in his heart to be raptured. He's going to fear this day. Well, what if the Lord comes and I'm not ready? What shall I do? There are these kinds of songs out there. One, some of the words are, when he comes, what are we going to do? There's going to be horror, and people sing this, this kind of uh, soulful, carnal songs, and they're preparing themselves for this very judgment of God. And this kind of person will not be able to partake of the Pesach lamb with haste, because of which, each time partaking of the supper of the Lord, he is going to eat it in condemnation. There is going to be present an element of judgment. A person might begin to grow sick. He might begin to even die. This judgment is expressed in this manner. The second thing that John had seen being elevated in his spirit to the great and high mountain. This is the fact that the great city, Holy Jerusalem, which came from heaven from God, had the glory of God. We already know fully well that the glory of Jerusalem on high, yielding the kingdom of heaven, is found simultaneously in three dimensions, in the height of the heavens, in the sanctuary, and in the contrite and humble heart of a person in the face of Jesus Christ. The sanctuary is the body of Christ, this glory of God dwells in three dimensions, 
Colossians chapter 1, verses 26 through 28. The mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that he may present every man perfect, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To teach, to share with that which is in, under, to share understanding, to share the mind of Christ. This in Scripture is called to teach, to teach, and to give understanding. We hear this truth. We hear this truth, and we need to remember it. I just, I sometimes think to myself, if I don't sit down and I don't learn these important aspects, I've had experience. I'm going to be. Uh, if, if I hear something and I don't, it's not clear. It's not written clearly inside. I will won't be able to remember it. But it's necessary for the one who reads to be able to read it on the tablets of our heart. That's why we need to look at certain aspects and to memorize them. And if a person is not familiar with the makeup of the glory of God expressed in uh, expressed in his heart in living hope and his living trust and hope. Trust, again, is the word that has grown. He has this hope. He paid a price for it. When a person accepts the word, he does not yet pay a price for it. He only pays a small price in order to have been able to hear this word, and he is ignited, and it's interesting to him. And he is born from this preached word. But then this word becomes bitter in his womb and he needs to pay a price. When it is sweet, what kind of price? Because everyone, majority of people like sweets and there's no price needed. But when something is, not everyone likes something bitter to chew, chew on this item which is bitter. This kind of a person has paid this price and has this hope. He can't have desire in his heart if he doesn't have this hope in his heart. If a person is not familiar with this, then he won't be able to have this hope and will not be filled with this desire to be able to pay the price established by God in order to fulfill the conditions of God, in order to agree to collaborate and to walk after the Lord wherever He may go. And consequently, He won't be able to eat of the Pesach lamb in haste because each time He partakes of the Supper of the Lord, He will eat it in condemnation to Himself. The third thing that John had seen having been elevated in the spirit and that which we are called to see and we do see this when God had lifted us up and had given us up this elevation and placed our feet on the firm foundation which is the church of Jesus Christ this is the fact that the great city holy Jerusalem which came from heaven from God had a light which was like the precious stone, like the jasper stone. 
this light on one end served in the heart of a person as evidence of his perfection in Christ Jesus. On the other end, it was the means of communication of man with God and God with man, because the function of precious Jasper had allowed God to hear man, and it allowed man to hear God. And so, this precious light in the heart of a person represented the mind of Christ, finding its expression in the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, giving the opportunity and authority to a person to penetrate into God's intentions, and it gave God the opportunity to penetrate the depths of man and to dwell in the depths of man. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. You know, this light is that which elevates or that which is awakened. Here in our spirit, there must be this kind of planted ear which we hear about. Each day he awakens my ear. The presence of this ear or the mind of Christ in our spirit makes us disciples, those that are capable of learning. Often when God speaks his revelations, he says, he who has an ear, let him hear. Not our two human ears. This is the organ of our spirit. And he has planted it. He grows it in us. And we are called to have it. And he who has it, or he who is a disciple, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. But if a person doesn't hear this means he does not have it. He doesn't have this ear. And then you're astonished. People, when they hear this word, it doesn't, uh, there's nothing that is on their faces. When a person of God hears this, something begins to burn w within him. Burn so fervently from this word. But someone is, is, neutral he says i haven't i don't see anything special in this it's not a light for him because this word is precious to god and is precious to the person who has an ear to hear it and accept it evidence of this statement is the fact that the wall of jerusalem on high was built out of precious jasper stone the wall is an image that testifies in the eyes of God that this person is perfect in the eyes of God. And Jasper was the first foundation of the wall on which was engraved the name Simon Peter, which means to hear. And it follows that the functions of Jasper in the first foundation expressed itself in the ability to hear God. Jasper is also found on the breastplate of judgment of the high priests in which were placed Urim and Thummim, thanks to which God could hear man and man could hear God through that breastplate of judgment. If a person is not familiar with what perfection is and what price is necessary to pay for Christ to dwell in his heart and for him to allow the Holy Spirit to place him in Christ, then this kind of a person will likely not be able to have the desire to accept Christ in him and to place himself in Christ, and therefore he will not be able to eat of the Pesach lamb with haste, because of which each time he partakes of the supper of the Lord, he will eat it in condemnation to himself. And when Apostle Paul says, 
you, many of you, are ill, and there are spiritual illnesses and flesh illnesses of the flesh. And when a person suffers, when a person is found in a difficult circumstance, he can't grow. He, why? He doesn't fulfill basic correctly because he can't understand its significance. And he who learns or he who studies There are people, it's not that they don't learn, they try to learn, they try to study, but they're unable to be successful in it. And they can't observe Pesach according to the statute. But we can be taught this, and we can know it only through our discipleship, only by being taught. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Blessed is he who reads, and we are blessed, dear friends, we are very blessed. Because we have found, we have found this source. We have placed ourselves dependent on this source. There is no other order. God has blessed this order. Blessed is he who reads, who listens, and who observes. This is that holy city of Jerusalem. This is the building of God in which we are built into. We each are on different levels. There exist three main levels, and among these levels, there's many other different levels, and we all grow uh, and are growing and pursuing the maturity of Christ, and we all are united in our hearts. We care for one another, help one another, and we arrive to the fullness of God. And we can see that the Church of God is reaching and attaining to this fullness. That word, on that level at which we hear it, that how we react and behave toward it, it's, it's astonishing and stunning how saints react to the Word of God and how our heart reacts to it, how our insides react to it. Not as it was before. As it was before, it was different, but we are growing, friends. The fourth thing that John had seen is that this great city which we are talking about, which we are, have built ourselves into, this holy city, Jerusalem, has a great and high wall, 144 cubits, made up of 12 foundations on which are written the names of the apostles of the Lamb. Revelation 21, 17-18 then he measured its wall 144 cubits according to the measure of a man, that is, of an angel. The construction of its wall was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like clear glass. I've already testified not long ago. Uh, last One of the last services, I understand. At childhood, I heard this place of scripture, and I thought that I imagined a wall going through Jerusalem. And for many years, all of a sudden it's open to me that the wall goes around the city, it surrounds the city, but I thought that it went through Jerusalem, through the middle of Jerusalem, and I carried this image in my head and I thought, Lord, look at how we are growing, changing, and even something like this changes in our illustration because we find out that this was not so. We need to then relearn and to fix something. 
but we are growing, friends. We are growing. We are acknowledging this truth, and the greatness of God is being uncovered for us, brighter and brighter. Looking at this image in relation to the makeup of the human heart, it follows that the size of the wall points to the presence in the heart of a seal by the Holy Spirit. And this is testified or verified by 12 precious foundations upon which we are called to build ourselves into the house of God. Revelation 14.1 Then I looked and behold, a lamb standing on Mount Zion, Mount Zion and with him 144,000 having his father's name written on their foreheads. There is a seal engraved there. When we are talking about the name of the Father, Jesus, here it says, this is that sonship in this fatherhood. Meaning, when we have fully known and been affirmed in the truth about the delegated fatherhood of God, this is evidence for us that we have the seal of God on our foreheads. And God has not placed a seal upon everyone. We are still in the process of affirmation. As soon the last person will be sealed, something astonishing will happen because it's written that these four angels, they stand on the four corners of the earth holding four winds, of which it is said, do not do any harm to anything until until we place a seal on the foreheads of the servants of God. And this sealing happens through the preached word. We hear it, and we must be affirmed in it, because the seal is something that is like a document. We are given a document, even with perhaps a signature. When there's a document with a signature, this is the preached word of God that is offered to us. We accept it. We hear it, we begin to understand it, but we must be affirmed in it. And the seal testifies that the, that's, it's been completed, it's been certified. We can say it with other uh, modern terms. If a person is not sealed by the Holy Spirit, he will likely not be able to have desire in his heart to be a wall in the eyes of God. And therefore, he will not be able to partake in the Pesach lamb with haste, because of which each time he partakes of the supper of the Lord, he will eat it in condemnation to himself. And the pure gold out of which the city was built points that this person is practicing the justice of God and the judgment of God by proclaiming the commandments of God. Matthew 5.19 There were... Whoever, therefore, breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. If a person is not taught how to practice righteousness, he will likely not be able to have desire in building in his heart the city out of pure gold. And therefore, he won't be able to partake of the Pesach in haste, because of which each time he partakes of the supper of the Lord, he will eat it in condemnation to himself. Next, the fifth thing that John had seen is that the great city, Holy Jerusalem, has 12 gates. Each gate was made up of one pearl. 
and upon them were twelve angels, and on the gates were the names, the twelve names of the tribes of the sons of Israel. Revelation 21, verses 12 and 21. She had a great and high wall with twelve gates, and twelve angels at the gates, and names written on them, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. The twelve gates were twelve pearls, each individual gate was of one pearl. Looking at the image of the twelve pearly gates in relation to the makeup of the human heart, it follows that this is the result that occurs when we dwell in the trials with Christ. When each of us hears this word, we turn it directly to ourselves. Of course, sometimes the Spirit takes it when we are able to see that God brings this Jerusalem to fullness. And when this fullness comes on the earth, the Spirit is taking hold of this greatness about what will happen, how God will boast of this great event when the day of the Lord comes. And when this day of the Lord comes, this Holy Sabbath, when it arrives, having been formed, because she is going to be in a renewed body. And this is going to be a wonderful unity of the love of God, agape, that is expressed. The bodies of saints will be healed, renewed. There will be such a unique harmony among the seats, among the saints. And when we are hearing this, our it's necessary for all of us to direct it to ourselves. And when we look at these 12 pearly gates, this is the result that occurs through our dwelling in trials with Christ. You have dwelled with me in my trials, and I give to you this kingdom, he says. So in order to receive this and to enter into the inheritance of this, we must suffer together with Christ. Gates is an image of authority and power that yields and protects the sovereign rights. Matthew 16, 18 And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. So people of this kind of level, messengers of God, when they are going to be found in this foundation or in this chapter or rather or at these gates this church is going to be very strong and Hades will not be able to prevail against it yeah, but if there is no person in the church who would represent the fatherhood of God you know this church or this community gathering is very easy to take away from and and to remove from the goal some kind of prophecy false prophecy that is spoken in the church it might lead a person away or a dream and people then are uh, are mixed up and satan is a kind of, of a falsificator falsificator and people are then led astray from the path because they have no basis this church will not be able to be prevailed by Hades when at the head of this church is a person who represents the fatherhood of Christ. The pearl out of which the gates were built is an image, or rather the result, of suffering in which a person accepted the seed of the word about the kingdom of heaven. Twelve is an image of the order that yields the infrastructure of the kingdom of heaven in the heart of a person. 
when we accept the truth of the Word of God, we are going to endure suffering. And in this way, these gates are formed. And this order of God is formed. If a person is not familiar with the infrastructure of the kingdom of heaven that is contained in the twelve pearly gates, he likely will not be able to have any desire to build these kind of gates in his heart. And therefore, he will not be able to partake of the Pesach lamb with haste, because of which, each time he partakes of the supper of the Lord, he will eat it in condemnation to himself. Now I remind you that we are talking about the price that we are called to pay for the right to be clothed in these garments of righteousness, robes of righteousness, and we are called to eat of the Pesach lamb in haste. And haste includes the meaning, the deep, wide meaning which the Holy Spirit has uncovered for the church. The sixth thing that John had seen, that the great city, the Holy Jerusalem, is going to be the guiding light for the saved nations, and that the kings of the earth will bring their glory and honor to it. And this city will not be entered, nothing will enter into this city that is defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those that are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, Revelation 21, 24 through 27. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light, and the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day, and there shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. But there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Uh, you know, Jerusalem, and to enter into it, there is a high price that must be paid. When people begin to hear about this price, they say, well, what if it was like the thief on the cross? Well, what was his price? He was a thief all of his life. And he did evil to people. And then he just said, forgive me, Lord. He prayed the prayer of a sinner and he ended up in paradise. He didn't strive to Jerusalem, but to paradise. He wanted to end up there. But outside of the order of God, it is written in Revelation 22:15. But outside are dogs. So, dogs, beware of dogs, uh, sorcerers, and sexually immoral, and murderers, and idolaters, and whoever loves and practices a lie. Why does a person not become a partaker of Jerusalem? Why in his heart there does not flourish this, this city? Because he loves to practice unrighteousness, and he loves this unrighteousness. He loves doing something on his own. He loves to not be obedient. He loves to not submit. When he likes this word, he listens. When he doesn't like it, he violates partaking of the Pesach because it was necessary to eat it as a whole. And therefore, this person loves unrighteousness. But take a look at what is written. There is division. If you are outside, if you do not build yourself into the dwelling of God, if you do not build yourself and are not built in this theocratical order, in democracy, it's easy. They say, this person, if you remember, as the king said about the prophet, this king always, always speaking, or this person is always speaking against me. Whenever I come to church, he said, he always says, I will go to that church. Sometimes someone might say, 
some something unbridled uh, unbridled preacher comes out but mainly others speak things that are pleasing go and you will be successful you are saved everything is good go forth and they don't uncover the lawlessness they don't uncover the statutes of god and this person says i will go to that kind of church a person likes to practice this unrighteousness he loves this unrighteousness and he is like this dog he is found outside of the city and so here is this kind of a truth that is present which the anointed man of the Lord reminds us of there is no happy middle you are either in Jerusalem or outside either you build yourself into this city and you have dedicated all of your life to it all of your energy all of your love all of your strivings and when you've made this decision then God opens to you the narrow gates and when he opens the narrow gates then you are able to go through these narrow gates to acknowledge God's order and to be found on the narrow path and when you walk along the narrow path he's going to uncover for you upon this narrow path how to keep yourself on it and how to build yourself into this city Jerusalem which we today we have today why do they 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 tell they tell us why do they hold on to this pastor calling call him anointed one and breathe on him reverently why because this is god's order of course this is how we breathe and this is how we hold ourselves because we want to partake to this jerusalem and therefore these kind of people have gathered in this kind of church looking at the pearly gates in relation to the human heart that follows that this is the result that occurs from being clothed in the armor of light to be a light and to be a city on the hill for the kings and people who do not know God and who have not acknowledged God this is the calling of this city to do this you are a light of the world a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house let your sh light so shine before men so God uncovers here is the order of God in this manner you are called to be found in the order of God that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven your good works this means that a person is tied to the body he doesn't represent himself alone he represents the body of Christ and if a person is not familiar with the definitions that yield the perfection of his heavenly father how to be and a light and rain on the just and on the unjust then he will not have desire to be a cloud and to be a light filled with god's justice in his perfect judgments and therefore he will not be able to partake of the pesach lamb in haste because of which each time he partakes of the pesach supper he will eat it in condemnation to himself job 37 verses 11 through 14 also with moisture he saturates the thick clouds he scatters his bright clouds and they swirl about being turned by his guidance that they may do whatever he commands them on the face of the whole earth he causes it to come whether for correction or for his land or for mercy listen to this o job stand still and consider the wondrous works of god so this kind of a person becomes a 
aroma of death to some and an aroma of life to others. The next result of partaking of the Pesach lamb in haste expressed in the desire of our heart to hear the word of God with the readiness to immediately fulfill it gives God the opportunity to go to the valleys and hills of our pastures and little hills and to fill them. You visit the earth and water it, Psalm 65, 9 through 13. You greatly enrich it. The river of God is full of water. You provide their grain, for so you have prepared it. You water its ridges abundantly. You settle its furrows. You make it soft with showers. You bless its growth. You crown the year with your goodness, and your paths drip with abundance. They drop on the pastures of the wilderness. And the little hills rejoice on every side. The pastures are clothed with flocks. The valleys are also covered with grain. They shout for joy. They also sing. Here we see the result of eating the Pesach in haste, which will occur in our heart and will be the fruit of our spirit. Because to eat the Pesach of the Lord in haste is to fertilize ourselves with the seed of the kingdom of heaven. And the readiness to be fertilized by the seed of the kingdom of heaven is our desire, which in the spiritual dimension is an image of the, which is the egg that is ready to be fertilized. In this case is present time and desire. They are found in one another and verify the authenticity of one another. To desire is to be filled with desire or to suffer from the lack of water. And therefore, the desire is a component of suffering for the truth. Considering that this passage is a kind of symbol of the desire of a good heart with desires and searches for God in Scripture and in the great works of God made in His judgments. We will provide a different, or rather, a new version that opens to us the collaboration of the good heart with the thoughts of God that are found in the mind of Christ. You visit the good soil of the heart. So the good soil is the heart that is prepared to hearing the word of God. And God visits it. The spirit breathes where it wants. You don't know where it goes, where it comes. This is what happens with those who are born of the spirit. You quench her thirst you fill her, for he whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for God gives a spirit without measure. You prepare the soul of the heart for the bread of life to grow. You fill paths with abundance. We must come to God with, uh, with a pure heart. When we come with the good soil, but there might be certain things in this earth for us to see and be affirmed in God's power. The soil must be straight. It must be ready to have a seed sown in it. You, you drop your water on the soil in order to bless it. You fill your time with goodness and your anointing flows out. 
They drop on the pastures of the heart and the little hills of your promises. Rejoice. They are girded with truth. The pastures are clothed with your intentions and the valleys, valleys are also covered with the bread of life. They shout for joy. They also sing. Sometimes it seems, well, I, all of a sudden, my feet have begun to tremble and stumble. I looked, I was in that place and sometimes... We live in life and we see, oh, well, you see those kind of blessings in, uh, that people have among those that do not serve God. And a person that begins to stumble, he comes, when he comes with desire to church, all of a sudden these promises of God begin to jump out of his heart. He's filled with joy. And the valleys of the heart are filled with the bread of life. All of a sudden, we begin to see the riches of God in our heart. And we begin to explain, exclaim in ourselves, this happens deep in the heart of a person. Of course, sometimes we might raise our voice, sing a little louder from this kind of a joy. There, this is also allowed, but this happens deep in the heart of a person. And therefore, partaking of the Pesach of the Lord in haste, with the readiness to hear the word of God, to be ready to fulfill it, first it is preceded with tears, which in that moment is our bread, and make up the conditions in which we can demonstrate trust in God. And only then, when the seeds of the promises are planted in the soil of the heart, in the good soil, they will come up and they will bring fruit and God will clothe the person in the fruit of joy and triumph. Let's take a look at these tears and read about them. Psalms 41, 3-6 My soul longs for the Lord, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night while they continually say to me, Where is your God? When a person people don't know that before the face of God there is a memorial or a book of memories written and this person when I remember these things I pour out my soul within me because I used to go with the multitude I went with them to the house of God with the joy of with a voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept a pilgrim feast. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance, meaning I will see the promise of God fulfilled in my life. The desire in which a person strives to God and partake in the Pesach lamb in haste is the expression of our trust in God in which our tears are going to be our bread or our food. Because a certain category of people with which we have previously stepped into the house of God with the voice of joy, but have not paid the necessary price for our dedication, they will be filled with envy, seeing our dedication. They will begin to look at us as those who have behaved incorrectly. And having been found in such a state, our tears are going to be our bread. And it is then when from these words we discover in our life three things. 
you know, sometimes I've had this where I will take a guitar, I will go into the garage, because to cry in front of everyone is embarrassing. Sometimes I'll close, close the garage, I'll close all the cars, I'll take my guitar, an hour or two, I'll, I'll cry out, I'll sing before God, I'll cry, and then all of a sudden, it becomes easier on me. Then I've been filled. Sometimes we can even cry from that which is happening, and it's not bad. To sing before God, this is not bad either. First, uh, three things. Uh, we will have, uh, we might feel that we have no people in our lives that we can rely on. But in fact, this does not mean that uh, in our surroundings there are not those who fear God. But this means that we will arrive to the understanding that we do not have the right to trust in our surroundings, even in the people that are faithful to us. Because our trust can only be God and His Word. We remember as what had happened with the prophet Elijah, despite the fact the sons of the prophet were on his side and God's chosen remnant in the number 7,000, Elijah felt himself lonely. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 18, Yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. But he said to God, But I have remained alone, no, you are not alone. You may seem to you that you are alone. Loneliness is the price and expression of true desire that is part of the requirement necessary for partaking of the Pesach in haste. Lamentations chapter 3 verse 27 It is good for a man to bear the yoke in his youth. This is good for him. The goodness of God is going to pour out upon this kind of a person. Another place, this is the book of Jeremiah, chapter 15, verse 16. Your words were found, and I ate them. Your words were found, meaning I paid a price for this word, and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart, for I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. I did not sit in the congregation of those that laugh. This gladness in the heart might be expressed in tears, but deep inside we know that we are doing this for the Lord. That which we are doing, accepting this word and eating, partaking of it, although it might bring us pain sometimes. And in life, something begins to break in life and we can't understand what is going on. For under your mighty hand I sat alone. Second, the seed of the word of the kingdom of heaven, which we have fertilized ourselves with, has become our trust. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth, by understanding he established the heavens. By his knowledge the depths were broken up, and the clouds dropped down the dew. My son, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. They will be life to your soul and grace to your neck. Then you will walk safely in your way. This again, this narrow path that we talked about. And your foot will not stumble. Meaning you won't have a stumbling block. Great peace have those who love your law and nothing causes them to stumble. 
When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down, and your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror, nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence, your trust, and will keep your foot from being caught. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 19-26 through And third, we will have evidence that we can comfort ourselves with that trust which is found in the soil of our heart. All my bones shall say, Lord. Again, this is going to begin to sound from deep inside. This evidence. Scripture calls this evidence. Those who believe in the Son of God have a testimony of themselves, and these bones shall say, Lord, who is like you, delivering the poor from him who is too strong for him? Yes, the poor and the needy from him who plunders him. Here we see this long name. Although I tried to learn it to say this name, but I'm not quite ready to say it out loud because I might say it incorrectly. But we will be delivered from the authority of the old man and this power will come from God and we will be able to step on him and to steal from him. Fierce witnesses rise up. They, sh- they ask me things that I do not know. They reward me evil for good to the sorrow of my soul. But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled myself with fasting and my prayer would return to my own heart. And we have one more sign, which I, friends, wanted to read, but it is fairly long, very interesting, and we will do this in our future services if the Lord allows. And right now we are going to worship before God, bow down to Him in prayer, and we'll thank Him for this word, for this water of life, for the, for the fact that the Lord has given us this word, this word was gained by our hearts. We had eaten it, and it has become the gladness, the gladness of our heart. It has become our comfort, the joy of our life, our trembling. It has become the riches of our life. We begin to surround it and walk around this Jerusalem uh, to count its towers, to tell the following generation about the beauty of this city and to wait for when the Lord is going to transform us, will clothe us into our new bodies. And then Pastor wrote, wrote here that we must have a clear illustration, and in a short time we will come, and we will arrive at the thousand-year reign. We will come as the city of Jerusalem, And there will be a judgment over the Antichrist and uh, astonishing events on this earth that are approaching very, very quickly. And we will hurry to be ready to these events, to be prepared for them. And the Lord is preparing us, and we will thank Him and glorify Him for this. Amen. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for your mercy, for your grace, for your order, for the fact that you have led us into 
your church. You have said, Blessed is he who reads, who listens, and he who fulfills the word. The word that is written in this book, the book of Revelation. This book is your Zion, your Jerusalem, your order, your body. The book that has been sealed with the seal, with the fullness of seals, which you take off and which you uncover in time and open in time. Allow us with trembling to act towards this word so that we do not fall away from it, so that we can be attentive to hearing this word so that we do not fall away. Because if anyone takes away from the words of the prophecies of this book, from him, God will remove partaking in the book of life. And in this fullness of God, whoever adds to these words, God will place a plague upon him. And we desire not to be in plagues, but we desire to dwell in perfection and completion and beauty. Therefore, allow us to not distort the truth of your word with our carnal mind, but to accept it in that format which, in which you send it to us. Allow us to fertilize ourselves with the seed of this word, to with trembling, to keep it and to keep our heart from every false word, from every false revelation and distortion of your truth. We thank you that you have uncovered this source for us, and we bless your order. We thank you for our pastor, your apostle, your messenger whom you have sent and have clothed him with the anointing to read the word. But to us, you give desire in our hearts so that we, hearing this word, we can hear it, accept it, to fertilize it and to be a partaker through our fulfillment of this word in the glory that is called to be revealed. We thank you for this promise about the revelation of your glory. And you are coming, Lord. Come now, Lord Jesus. We are waiting for you. We desire and want to be clothed into our heavenly dwelling. And therefore, we are languishing. And we deeply have a need in you, in your direction, but we rejoice that you have seated us. You have seated us upon this place which is your church, so that we can be rooted and affirmed in your truth. Therefore, when we repeat this word, Lord, let us be affirmed in your word, let us know the fullness of you. Let us be clothed in this fullness. And when you come, and when you are revealed in your great glory, let us not be found uh, naked, but let us be clothed in this beauty, and these garments of righteousness, to be clothed in the ornaments of a bride. And let us represent your glory on earth to all the people. We wait for this day. And in anticipation of this day, we will care for and ponder upon what is heavenly and not what is earthly. And may you keep us in this word by this seal, so that our mind could be renewed and our thoughts could be focused on the Lord Jesus and could be in the Lord, 
so that our thoughts, our depths that are deep in us could be dedicated to you and could be tied to you and to your order. We thank you that you have placed us on this place that we have desired. We bless your sanctuary, our pastor. Our, we bless our lamp, our pastor, and may his body be blessed fully so that we can continue to listen to your revelations and to rejoice before your countenance and so that our joy could be filled. We will continue to prepare our hearts to the services that we are going to have on Friday and Sunday, Lord. May your saints be blessed who have this desire before your countenance and have this desire to care for this place. May the ministry, the different ministries in the church be blessed, the service of singing, of the music. May our ushers be blessed. May our leaders be blessed before your countenance, the leaders of home groups. We pray, Lord, that you uphold each one in his diligence so that we may be fervent and do this for you and for your glory so that we care for one another and to pray for one another so that we may be healed of every illness of every weakness may every illness and weakness be cursed in the body of Christ May we be joyful, healthy, built up in our hearts so that we can accept your words, that this word can pour onto our earth from the heavens with your rivers so that we can be transformed into the image of this Jerusalem. You have placed your fivefold ministry on the earth and have placed this care in it in order to bring us to your fullness. We bless those who come in the name of the Lord. We bless your order and we rejoice before your countenance. We thank you that we are one in Christ Jesus and that there are no Jews, no Hellenes, no slave, no free. But all of us are one in Christ Jesus. There is no male or female gender in Christ Jesus. We thank you that we are your body that is harmonious and we bless your name and we worship you almighty God Father Son and Holy Spirit Amen our Father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And let us conclude with our manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep us from stumbling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory in unblemished joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.